Welcome back to another episode of Betting with Babies. It is week three, and we are excited to be back. This is the week where we really figure out what teams are made of, and we love the matchups that we see on the board this week. We'll have our best plays of the week, our touchdown scores, and much, much more. But before we get into that, we've got our team that helps you balance your babies and bets. How we doing, gentlemen? What's up, boys? I'm riding high. Got some fantasy football wins. Got a Miami Dolphin win this week. Um, last week, I talked about beating the Patriots, about that being one of the best feelings in the world. But when your quarterback puts up 460 and six touchdowns and a comeback victory on the road against the Ravens, that might be the best feeling. So I'm riding high. Maddie, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. Awesome. I'm on top of the leaderboard for the pod picks. So you know, I just want to take this moment because it didn't happen at all last year. So take a moment for that. Uh, two, my soccer team with very little coaching from me. We are 2-0. and Another dominating 4-2 to victory. And uh, I'm getting very dangerously close to moving. Things are packed. Good progress. Life is good. Life is good over there. How close are you to buying a Cooper Rush uh, rookie card? Are we on the Cooper Rush train yet? No, no, no. I watched that game. It Cooper Rush tried to throw a pick six multiple times. He like failed. It, it's a Bengals execution problem, not a Cooper Rush. Yeah, no, I'm not really high on the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to rush Dak back. He's going to re-injure his thumb. They're, crazy Jerry's doing a lot. We know how this plays out. We get this. Well, the Cowboys got to stay relevant as long as they can. So we'll see how that goes. But I am also riding high with a Jets victory. I got my first victory Monday in September in over five years. So it feels amazing. Uh, the rookies came out to play. Brees Hall got his first touchdown of his career. Garrett Wilson got his first touchdown of his career and made it a two-touchdown game getting those eight catches that I said he got last week. He didn't quite get it last week, but he delivered this week. So I'm riding high. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about it. You brought it up that you were 0-14 in September before I could because that, that, was, that was on my notes. But I will give you credit. That was a good win, a minute 30, down 13, I think. Yep. And somehow Joe Flacco led your team back. I mean, and it's too bad you guys had to be overshadowed by the Dolphins and the I mean, historic performance of Tua. We'll get into more of those games as some of those were our pod picks from this past week. Uh, but let's do a recap of how we did last week before we get into week three pod picks. Last week for touchdown scores was a tough week for us. Um, we are planning on doing better this week. Uh, a lot of weird things happen with our running backs this week. So it might be a wide receiver touchdown score week for us coming up um, for our pod plays Maddie stats gets his first win of the year with the Patriots covering two and a half against Pittsburgh Teddy goes oh and two with uh, trusting the Bengals who might have the worst offensive line in the NFL and I also moved to oh and two falling on my sword with the Colts and uh, the Colts are officially on my ban list uh, from here on out. So you won't hear me talking about them for quite some time. Tough week on the pod picks. Uh, we're going to bounce back. 
VIP did well, came in just over 63% for the week, and our free, free plays came in at 50%. So we're looking to have a big week for all of us, starting with our pod picks this week. Matty Stats leads the way, so he's got first choice on the board. I'm going to send it over to you, Matty, who we got for our week three pod pick. All right, so we have the Jacksonville Jags at the Chargers, minus seven. And I'm going to take the Jags. So in wow. this one, we have 95% of the cash and just 44% of the tickets are on the Jags. This one opened up at seven and a line hasn't moved at all, despite the heavy money on the Jags. We're starting to see signs of life out of Trevor Lawrence, where he put up with a legitimate coach this year. And he also put up a PFF grade last week of a 77, which is a good 10 to 15 points better than he was last year. The one thing that worries me about Lawrence in this one is that his split between his passer rating from a clean pocket, which is 121, versus a 30 while under pressure, which he'll be under a lot of concerning the Jags' offensive line, is at a 16% disadvantage against the pass this week. Christian Kirk, the $72 million man, is expected to have a rough week at the office matched up against Bryce Callahan, who is expected to shadow him. And then one other interesting stat on this game that's very unrelated to my pick um, is that 87% of the cash on this game is on the under instead of the over. Interesting. Interesting. Um, So your pick in this game is what? I'm taking the Jags. Okay. Taking seven points in the Jags. Seven points in the Jags. I don't think they're going to win, but I I think they're going to cover. So Matt, you're taking the Jaguars plus seven. Now, the Chargers, they got a strong defense. Herbert's playing. And is Keenan Allen going to – what's Keenan Allen's status? Amato, what do you think of this game? I'm going to look up Keenan Allen's status here. I mean, I think the line scares me a little bit. I don't see any reason why, you know, Chargers are coming off a loss. Justin Herbert's got fractured cartilage in his rib. Seven points is a lot of points. And to me, this seems a little bit like a trap. Like, I think the easy thing here is to just go take the Jaguars at seven points and they cover, but maybe the Chargers are in a blowout spot here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Jaguars showed up last week, but I really don't trust Trevor Lawrence yet at all. He really hasn't impressed me. I don't know if the Jags-Colts matchup is really a good indicator for anything. The Jags went... What, were the, what was their record last year? Maybe they won two games and they ha- they, they were both against the Colts. They blow out the Colts. But yeah, can what, you just can, – uh, what is it with the we Colts? Talk about, yeah, can we talk about this real quick? So they haven't beat the Colts and I believe eight – or the Colts haven't beat the Jags in Jacksonville and I want to say eight seasons. Oh, I don't get it. You know, I'm, if you look at this game on paper, the Colts should be should win. And, and not only did the Jags win, but they – dominate they dominate and it's a different coaching didn't they team. shut him out was it 24 nothing what was the score of that game it was 24 nothing right yeah i mean i know jonathan taylor didn't get in that's all i cared about in that game but so can you just reconfirm the cash again on that game yeah so we have 95 percent of the cash and 44 percent of the tickets are on the jags wow wow big bets on the jags uh, so let's lock Maddie in for Jags plus seven, our current leader in the clubhouse. 
We'll take it there. We're recording on a Wednesday, so line's plus seven now, so get it in early. Uh, Teddy, you are up next on the board. Week three pod pick, currently 0-2. Who do we got this week? Yeah, I, for the record, I un- underestimated the Bengals' O-line and just how crappy it is. But I won't be doing that this week because I'm going Packers at Bucks minus one and a half. All right. Couple reasons here. Or right, Maddie, why don't you share your stats first, and I'll tell you why I like them. All right. So in this one, we have sixty-five percent of the cash and fifty-five percent of the tickets on the Packers. This one opened up with Tampa at minus three and drove all the way up to Tampa minus one before coming back down this afternoon to minus one and a half. So a lot of volatility in this line. PFF gives the Bucks a cover probability of fifty-five percent. Both quarterbacks this season have underperformed their standard PFF performance with Rodgers 15 points below his season-long grade last season and Brady not far behind 20 points below his grade last season. This is also small sample size, so two games for each. Um, so grain of salt there. Uh, the Bucks are expected to be without Godwin, Evans, and may also be out with Julio, who missed practice today with a knee injury. Julio's always missing practice, though, so... I don't know if he's. He didn't not play last play. week, though. No, he, yeah. the, the Bucks they're depleted at this point, especially with the suspension for Mike Evans. I mean, he's yeah. gonna got Rashad Perriman's in there, and Scotty Miller. Yeah, and then the Packers are also expected to be absent competent wide receivers based on decisions made by their front office in the off season. Yeah. And every off season, every all yeah. on that, yeah. I had to take I a mean, shot there. Do you guys see Brady's numbers? Very pedestrian. Yeah, very, their offensive uh, line is very suspect. I know it's great. It really, I we talked about that two or three weeks ago. It, it's really exciting. And I looked up Brady's numbers. I haven't watched any Bucks games yet. I've saw seen highlights. Haven't watched a full game yet, but. Uh, Brady may be coming to the end of the line. Uh, I hope so. Uh, uh, another reason holy. is another reason: no healthy wide receivers for the Bucks, and the run game of the Packers might get going because they gave up 5.8 yards a carry to Mark Ingram and 5.2 yards per carry to Zeke the past two weeks. So the Packers could be getting the ground game going with their two-headed monster. What do you guys think? I like the pick for a few reasons. I think that they're, the Packers' defense is really solid. I don't know what happened in week one, but I think you saw glimpses of what that team's going to look like this year. I agree with the run game. and but He's not a big name yet, but getting Alan Lazard back, a receiver that Rodgers has some comfortability with. You've also got their tight end, Tanyan, who's getting a little bit more healthy each and every week. So I like this matchup. I think it comes down to the Mike Evans suspension. I'm leaning Packers because of that suspension. That's a big role to fill. So I like that pick. Maddie, what do you think? You know, anytime, like, I think this is like the Brady thing where they don't get it together for the first couple weeks. And then by like week four or five, like the team really gels and turns it around. So uh, I think I'll, I'll follow you with the Packers. Also, Brady's got some stuff going on at home. I thought he was. I read one article that said he's going to take every Wednesday off, but then he was at practice today. That could. That's definitely a factor on performance. You know, you got shit going on at home. 
Yeah. And their offense hasn't looked good, right? I mean, they had a, a one-touchdown game in New Orleans, and they had a one-touchdown game last week. They scored on a pick six, and they had a field goal late, but that was a 3-3 game going into the fourth quarter. So yep. you, you face a Packers defense, a Packers offense, who had a nice home win against their rival Bears. I, I like the pick there. Teddy is taking the Packers at plus one and a half. Lock it in. I you am got going, I've got uh, week three. I'll take the Ravens up against the Patriots. We've got New England uh, weather right now in the fall. Patriots at home. But they really haven't looked like the Patriots of old. I watched them against Miami. And they struggled against Mitch Trubisky. I mean, they held on at the end, but that offense couldn't move the ball at all. The Ravens coming off a terrible loss. Absolutely terrible loss, up 21 points going into the fourth quarter. I think that this is a bounce-back game for the Ravens. Very focused, come in and just kind of big brother a team with a much better, deeper roster in the Ravens. I'll take them at minus 2.5. What do you guys think? All right, so stat-wise, the cash spread on this one is a weird one. So 88% of the tickets are on the Ravens, but only 77% of the cash is on the Ravens, which is kind of weird. I I don't think I've seen a line flip like that before. Uh, This one opened up at three and moved to minus two and a half today. Mac Jones has looked very basic this season with a PFF grade of 56.4, which is a full 24 points below his season average last year. Again, small sample sizes, but that's a big delta for a young quarterback. The Patriots secondary will have a significant advantage over the Ravens wide receivers with all three being given a below average or poor rating against their opponent. In the trenches, the Patriots O-line holds an 11% advantage against the run and a 20% advantage against the pass. I'm a hundred... I was 100% following you on this pick. And then once I kind of pulled the stats together, it kind of changed my mind. But I'm still going to follow you. I Patriots aren't going to beat the Ravens. No team's going to practice harder than the Ravens this week. So I think, you know, the Ravens secondary is really banged up. But the Patriots don't have the receivers of the Dolphins do to exploit it, right? And... The Ravens' offense didn't play bad. When you put up 38 points, I mean, Lamar Jackson had over 400 yards of total offense and three touchdowns. Not like he had a bad game. He did miss two fourth and ones. He missed. And it was just a a shotgun snap, pistol formation, and he just went off tackle. And both times we stuffed him on fourth down. He fumbled one of them, I think. Yeah, he fumbled one of them. And then the other one was at midfield. The next play... Tua throws it deep to Hill and like we could pull within seven or something like that. So I, besides those two plays, Jackson dominated. He had over a hundred yards rushing over 300 yards pass passing. And I think even with the PFF advantages in the trenches and everything, they don't have Lamar Jackson and he's a huge difference maker. So I, I love this pick. Actually this, this line is so good, it's weird to me. It 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 just it smells wrong because yeah, I see no reason why the game will be within three points. Yeah, this is a problem for me, and I've noticed this on the weekends where like we don't talk about it on the podcast here, but also we also bet heavily college football. At least I do, 
But these are the type of lines in college football where you have to just like, you can't ignore them. It's like, why would this team be only plus two and a half? All right. Even though I don't believe in it, I'm just going to bet it. Yeah. And it happens, right? But in the NFL, I can't get past it because it's like, you just know the players so much more. Lamar Jackson is the difference maker for me in this game and why I'm going to hammer the Ravens at minus two and a half. So, the only thing that makes me a little hesitant on this is Belichick is always very good at picking one thing and shutting one thing down. And if you shut Lamar Jackson down and take away the run, he's not a bad quarterback, but he's like pretty middle of the road. Like if you took away his rushing yards and looked at his numbers, he wouldn't be that great. His passing stats are because he has to have a spy on him, so that takes away a defender. And the rushers, the D-line, can't just rush up the field and sack him because he'll just escape and run for 20 yards. So it definitely improves his throwing ability because of, of the danger with of his feet. I, yeah. But the, the, also the, Bill Belichick's very good at cheating. Sorry, I had to get the, that in well, there. Well, you did have to get that in there. It's valid. <laughs> the cornerback advantage stats in PFF is tough for this matchup or with any mobile quarterback because I don't know if it takes into account the fact that like Lamar Jackson's holding that ball for seven plus seconds back there right and he has so many completions down the field and they're just coverage you can't hold coverage for that long so I mean who knows I'm 0-2 but I'm going to stick with the Ravens minus two and a half uh, I think their offense outpaces the Patriots in this game. Yep. So lock it in. That's our week three pod picks for this week. Maddie Stats is going with the Jaguars plus seven against the Chargers. Teddy's taking the Packers at plus one and a half against the Bucks, And I'm going with the Ravens minus two and a half against the Patriots. We're all taking road teams this week. Interesting note for us. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. We need a big week. We're hoping for our first sweep of this season. Let's get right into our week three TD scores. This is where we give you our top touchdown scores of the week. Uh, last week was a rough week for us. We've leaned heavily on running backs, something that we've acknowledged during our kind of pre pregame here as we try to make sure we put together touchdown scores that are going to cash this weekend. So you might see a little bit of a change heading into this week, just learning from what we're seeing, adjusting on the fly, trying to get the best touchdown scores this week. So we're going to start off with our number one TD score of the week. We'll go around the horn. We'll tell you why he's our number one TD score. Starting with Mr. No Days Off, who do we got? Number one, Devontae Adams. Maddie, why is he number one? All right, so he actually has the number one wide receiver cornerback matchup this week on pff while he did not get a 45 percent target share like he did in week one adams did punch one in while only getting a 17 percent target share let's note that he has also gotten 63 percent of the end zone targets i expect an angry Devontae adams to come back and reclaim that target share this week yeah we had him on our list last week so we very closely watched that game and he's cashed on the first drive of the game Soon as they got inside the 10-yard line, they went three straight plays targeted at Devontae Adams and got him on the third one. So love this play at number one. Lock it in. Let's move on to number two. Matty Stats, who do we got? Jamar Chase. 
So the Bengals are in a must-win situation to save their season, and Burrow's going to lean heavily into his best wide receiver, who's had a 27% target share last week and has owned 50% of the end zone targets this season. Last week, the fabled Cowboys secondary keyed in on Chase and were able to slow him down, but I wouldn't expect the young Jets secondary to be able to do the same. Yeah, definitely not. It hurts me that you would even send this over to me. I love the Jamar Chase pick. That's why he's on here as well. I understand the urgency the Bengals are going to come with. I think you threw some shade at the Jets because we're a young secondary, but we're we're solid secondary. And, and solid. They'll, they'll keep them away from Sauce Gardner. They did this with Cooper uh, last game. Cooper ended up having a big game, but it was a lot of it was away from Sauce Gardner. But I like the pick. This is a tough spot for the Jets, man. I was praying for a Bengals win last week. Yeah, They were in another close game, and I was like, after the Jets had just come back and won, I'm like, oh, shit, who do we play next week? <laughs> like, wait, we got to win? Timeout. Can we can we really do it this year? I look at the Bengals are coming to town, and I'm like, please get a win. Don't come yeah. to New York 0-2. Because they're going to they're gonna put up a bunch of points. And what's great about this, and which I've been looking up, and you know, with being a Dolphin fan, I'm looking two weeks ahead, right? So I, I look, we got the Bills this week, and Bills are, Bills are our daddy. Right, we've lost seven of eight to them, but the Bengals we have on Thursday night football to start off week four. So the Bengals beat the Jets, they exhale a little bit, boom, the Dolphins punch them in the mouth on Thursday night football. Yeah. I see it. I see two games ahead. I love the story we're telling ourselves. I'm also looking two weeks ahead, and I don't, I don't like what I see. I really don't. Zach Wilson comes back, so we'll see what happens, but. I don't expect to contain the Bengals this week. If we win this game, Joe Flacco is going to have to keep up with his 350-plus yards passing. Let's keep it moving. All right. Who's number three? Let's lock in Jamar Chase at number two. I'll take on number three. We are going to a great matchup, an AFC East matchup this week. We've got the Buffalo Bills up against the Miami Dolphins. And we're taking someone on the Miami side. We like their number one receiver, the speedster, Tariq Hill. Maddie, tell us why we like him. All right. So this is a game where they're expecting a lot of points with the over currently set at 52.5. This is one of the highest this week. So again, expecting a lot of points there. And that's the thing we like in a TD score parlay. Hill has gotten 39% and 26% of the targets in the first two games. And he also put up some Madden-esque numbers last week, turning in 11 receptions into 190 yards and two touchdowns. One thing to note is he did seem have to have to slow down to catch a couple of those balls thrown by Tua. So just wanted to make that note. That's a very um, subjective. Oh, no, no, no. If you watch the, if you watch the touchdowns, like he's slowing down to catch the ball because it's underthrown. If you want to get if you want to get into this, he ha- did have to turn sideways for one of them. The yeah. second one, though, he was in stride. Yeah, Tua has a weak but accurate arm. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he throws a very ugly ball. And Tariq Hill catching, outrun, which is the important. To, to be fair, Tariq Hill would outrun Patrick Mahomes' throws at times. So this is like a big adjustment there. Also, if you have it, where'd you? Matt sent me this amazing video on tw- Twitter of Tua being a righty and making these throws as a righty, and they look so much prettier. Yeah, righties do have a little bit of a just, better I flipped form, the video huh? the other way, and it just looks so much better. I, I watched that video at least five times. I was like, <laughs> man, he would get so much more respect if he was a righty. 
Yeah, if he was a righty and like two inches taller, Tua would be like yeah. the poster child of the NFL right now. Yep. They got it cooking right now. We'll take Tariq Hill, lock him in at number three. Who do we got for number four? Austin Eckler. Natty, why do we like Austin Eckler? All right. Austin Eckler has yet to score a touchdown this year, and the volume is there. So he's getting a full workload as both a wide receiver and a running back. And what I mean by that is he's gotten 17% of the targets this season with 51% of the rush attempts. So he's basically getting a full receiver workload and a full running back workload. So I expect him to focus in on Eckler this week. Uh, I, I question if he ever went three games in a row without scoring a touchdown since Melvin Gordon left the Chargers. Yeah, I love this pick this week. And we talked about that stat earlier in the day. I don't think he's gone three weeks with a touchdown and he's going up against a Jacksonville defense who's looked pretty solid, but the target share is just insane. And with Herbert a little bit banged up, he's going to be looking to get the ball out of his hands faster to avoid getting hit. We like that play for Austin Eckler. Uh, Teddy, what do you think? I don't know. Prove it. Score a touchdown first. Prove it. But you know what? Let's go with it just because his target share and his rush attempts are so high. The most you can ask for, right, is getting the ball in your hand and uh, see what you can do with it. We've got a couple urgency plays in in this week. If you're seeing a theme, we've got the Bengals going to New York at 0-2. We'd like Jamar Chase, and then we're putting in Austin Eckler, who hasn't scored, but we love his target share, right? So we're not just looking at what we see the week before. We're looking at the data. We're thinking about what's this going to look like over a long period of time. And so that's why Austin Eckler lands at number four. Lock him in, and we'll throw it over to you, Maddie. Who do we got at number five? All right. And our final TD scorer of the week is Travis Kelsey. So he's had 23% of the target share this year, and he's also gotten 20% of the end zone targets. I also absolutely love those little shovel passes that like Mahomes always throws to him. And for that reason, I love Kelsey. The last thing I would say is this one has a really high expected point scored. I think the over is at like 50-51. So this feels like a like a home run to me. I'm going with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I love like Travis Kelsey. The odds aren't out for all the games this weekend, but they are out for this Chiefs game. So Travis Kelsey's currently sitting at minus 145, second uh, most likely to score behind Jonathan Taylor, who also didn't score a touchdown last week. So we do love Travis Kelsey, and he's another one who doesn't go back-to-back games without scoring. So the stats and the trend are following this pick. So lock that in at number five. And we're going to keep it at five for this week. We want to improve our win rate, and so we're putting a little bit more emphasis on our probability to hit. And that six touchdown score is that tricky one that always gets us. So let's get this one cashed in the bag at five, and we'll see if we want to put it back up to six. Well, let's give a quick recap for week three. We've got Devontae Adams at number one, Jamar Chase at two, Tariq Hill at three, Austin Eckler four, and Travis Kelsey rounding out the top five. That's our touchdown scores for this week. Let's head over to some interesting stats. All right, we got week two for interesting stats. Little quick fun segment here. The Dolphins are 30, 19, and one against the spread the last three years. So if you bet on them, the last three years, you are very profitable. 
Amato, what do you got for number two? That number two will take it to the Arizona Cardinals-Rams game where Kyler Murray is going up against his nightmare in the Rams. Kyler Murray is 1-7 and seven against the Rams. He's got an interception ratio of 1-4 to four against the Rams, which is completely the worst team he has faced in his entire career. So there's an interesting stat for that game. Awesome. Maddie, you want to read number three? Yes. So Tua Tungavaloa owns Super Bowl winning head coaches. He is currently, after this week, improved to a seven and one against Super Bowl winning coaches. Seven and one. Two Dolphin stats down here. I'll continue with number four. The Detroit Lions are averaging a league leading 3.8 yards per carry before contact. Let me read that again. So they're basically getting four yards before the running back is being touched the first two weeks. So that investment on the O-line the Lions have made the past two years with Dan Campbell seems to be paying off. And I'll just read Imagine this fourth one. what they would yeah. be like without Goff. Jared Goff. Like if yes. you put like a legitimate quarterback back there. I'm guessing they use the past two seasons to build up their O-line, D-line, and everything. And then this year, they're just going to either draft a rookie or get like Jimmy G or something like that. Yeah, it's such like a – and this is no shade to Alex Smith, who I loved, who I think accurate quarterback, winning quarterback, but it's such a – it's a similar play. It's like he's going to win us games. He's never going to win us a championship. Let's build our team, and then let's pass this off to somebody who can try to win us a chip. Yep. And it's happened to him in two teams, and I feel like that's what's about to happen right now. And Goff, I think, is in his last year with the Lions, too. And he's a, I think he's a free agent. Yeah, and they're going to win games this year. We, we talked about the Lions as, like, our dog team of the year. So they're not, it's not like they're going to be after going after some high draft pick at quarterback. So what's the play there? Jimmy G, maybe? Jimmy I don't G know. coming off, he's going to gonna take the Niners to another NFC championship, and then nah, nah. they're going to let Trey Lance. No, Jimmy G's going to earn himself a five-year deal from the Niners. What a story it's going to be. A full nah, turnaround. They're, they're, all in, they're all in on Trey Lance. Trey he's Lance. Gonna, yeah, I didn't Trey realize Lance. that injury was like a complete shattered ankle. Yeah, I saw it happen on red zone and I was like, oh man, Lance, Lance hurt himself. Like I, I like watched it again. He just like destroyed his whole foot. Yeah. Then he tried to get up. Yep. Uh, last interesting stat. Ready for this one? Giants, Jets, Jaguars, and Lions all won on the same day for the first time since 2011. Amazing. Giants, Amazing. Jets, Jags, and Lions. Amazing. I saw a similar stat with New York sports teams on yes, Sunday. Yes, I saw that too. First time Yankees, Giants, Jets. Mets. Mets right? all won in yeah. one day. Um, I'm just going to throw one more on here because I just read this one. It's pretty crazy. The largest point spread in NFL history. The largest point spread going into a game was the Denver Broncos were favored by 26 and a half points over the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two in 2013. And the Jags covered this spread with a 35 to 19 final score. There you go. I, I, if 26 points, I'd be 
taking those points. Give me all of them points. What team 26. was that? What shit team was that? Who's the tw- 2013 Jags quarterback? We'll have to post that one on the page because that had to be – That had to be Peyton Manning for the Broncos, No, right? 2013. We were – no. I'm, I'm getting there. Denver Broncos. 2013. And Blake Bortles, maybe? Yeah. Blake Blake Bortles, was that 2013 for the Jags? Bortles. Did you see know. that Bortles? I saw a clip of Bortles the other day. They asked him what he'd be doing if he didn't play football. He's like, probably working in construction, ripping cigs. Yeah. <laughs> also, also he, the woman, the interviewer asked him, what do you do when you first get up? And he's like, uh, probably take a piss. Like, <laughs> who was you know, Oh, no. It was, you know who it was? Chad Henney. Uh, wait, oh, Chad Henney. Chad Henney was the was the starting quarterback responsible for being a twenty six and a half point underdog against that the Broncos. That makes more sense. I might take the Broncos <laughs> if I knew Chad Henney was starting. All right, I had to deal with him for four years in the Dolphins. All right. Yeah. Okay. Jags oh, finished. Chad Henry Tedgin draft. You threw a chair across our living room in college. I did, and and what's crazy is I wanted the Dolphins to pick Brady Quinn. And I was so mad, I picked up my chair and threw it across the room into the wall and then had to go for a walk around the block over Brady Quinn. Yeah. Little did you know, both choices were terrible. No, Tedkin had a respectable NFL career. Oh, no, I meant Brady Quinn or Chad Henney. Oh, yeah. You you were choosing, you had two losing choices there and you were mad about it. Absolutely. All right. All right. So that wraps up the interesting stats for this week. Let's get right over to the dad zone. It's not just about putting the bets out that cash and help you win your sports bets over the weekend. It's also tips for how uh, for balancing your babies as well. And we got a lot of babies in this group. So how's it going, gentlemen? Well, first of all, welcome to the dad zone. Second of all, Matt and I had an interesting uh, scenario play out today. <laughs> Maddie Stats gave me a call a few minutes after I picked up my son from the babysitter. And <laughs> we were having a conversation about two, three minutes in. Luca starts scream singing jingle bells. Word for word, scream singing jingle bells. Pure attention-seeking behaviors. Purely like, Dad, I don't want you on the damn phone. Hang up that phone, or I will make you hang up that phone. Mm-hmm. Matt, what was your take on the other end? You know, I feel like I've never really disliked a kid until that moment. I don't dislike your kid, but I disliked your kid in that moment. Like, I was just like, I just need to know when you're arriving at my house on Saturday, and I yep. can't because this kid is just screaming, singing, jingle back. <laughs> Scream singing is a sentence I had never, or an expression I had not heard before. <laughs> But it is the perfect description for what happened. Yep. He was just being a brat and wanted my attention. He's like, you were talking to me. Somebody else called, took your attention, and now I'm going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. And they it's know a big problem in my household, interrupting people when they're talking. Yeah. Like, because they'll start badgering you until you give them the attention. So then you have to stop, give them the attention, tell them they're not going to get the attention. They have to wait. You already gave them the attention. Well, no, I tell them, like, you're going to wait. Yeah. Um, you're going to wait until she finishes her sentence, then I will come back to you. 
kills yeah. me when the girls are talking over each other. I just can't. I know. Those attention-seeking behaviors. You went back to work this week, Amato. How have the kids taken the transition? It's a tough transition for sure. Um, figuring out how to balance babies, vets, and the full-time job is tough. I had the kids today right after work. I got thrown right into the gauntlet. All three kids, three under four. And at one point, I had two of them crying. The other one was just going, dad, 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 dad. The other two are crying. What is it about like kids that, do they not hear the other kids crying? How can they just put power through that? Have you guys experienced that? You, Matt, you have two kids. When one kid's one. crying, it's like the other one can just talk to you so calmly. It's like they don't even, it doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. No, I mean, that that piece gets me like, it's just like, I'm going to play through. Like, I'm just going to play through this and go. The thing that gets me with the crying is when it's contagious. Because like one's crying and you're like trying to deal with that. And the other one's just badgering you about the crying. And then you end up snapping at the other one. So now they're both crying. And then yeah. you're just like, well, look at what you did here, man. Yep. You just throw your hands up. It's just at this point in my life, I have to just get comfortable with the fact that there's always going to be at least one kid crying at one time. Uh, that sounds I mean, you've like got, a demoralizing sentence. You've got three. Three is such I mean, an aggressive number under four. At least for the next like year. I just have to be okay with it. The next how like, long? At least a year, there's just always going to be one kid crying. Like Carter. Uh, oh, Carter no. the next, the next, you're looking at three or four years, four. buddy. Four Maybe years. Four. I, you know I'm an optimistic guy. But no, it's we're good. We're managing. We need a big sports betting week. That's that's what I need this weekend. Yeah, we definitely. FanDuel's coming in hot with uh, all the promos. Like a lot of daily. no sweat bets. Yes, no sweat bets. They'll give you the bonus money back if you lose. And let me yeah. tell you something. I'm in there every time. I'm, yeah, I can, I'm like free money? Absolutely, I'll take free I, money. I can confirm my account takes incoming transfers because I, <laughs> I get a lot of money back. They're like, here, bet this. If you lose, we'll give your money back. I'm like, well, hope, hope you know my account number because I'm giving you a 10-teamer here. And it's so good because I see that. And I immediately just log on. It's like the three or four leg parlay. I'm like, yep, boom, 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 done, sent. That one's on the house. Meanwhile, always, like, you can't, like, that's bonus money. You can't, like, take that money out. So no, you use that bonus while. money to bet again. I, I mean, I've always logged in there being like, I'm going to do a two-team parlay. I'm just going to take this free bet and I'm going to double it. Uh, and yeah. then, it's like, I black out, and it's like 10 minutes later, and I have, like, eight teams tied to this parlay, and I'm hitting submit. I'm yeah. Like, what did I? That's it. Amato, you've never done a two-team parlay in your life, okay? No, but that's always how it starts. Two teams, then it's five, then it's eight. I, don't, I mean, I'm wearing I don't an it. I, love I think you start at four. I think you start at four, and then you just get carried away from there. No, you know Not what I do, actually? No, no. All right, I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'll tell you my philosophy. <laughs> it's sickening. Maddie, what's his number he starts at? Five. It's a five. five. I think four. Or what's your okay. what's your philosophy? So here's what I do on the on the fuck it bet. After I've got all my single lock bets in, the VIPs are taken care of. We know we're taking profits for the week. Then I do my fuck it parlay, and I'll go through the whole board, and I'll pick my winners for the whole board, and then I'll for every game, and then I'll go through and I take out bets. 
So what happens is I go from having 10 on there and then I get it down to six. And then sometimes I'm like, all right, five. And you then go I back up. Land. No, then you go back up. Then I'll go back up to eight. Yeah. But that's my problem. I go, like I pick them all gut feeling, like who's going to cover. And then I go back and I take them out. And then I see where yeah. I land. And that's you know what's my favorite? And it's parlay. once a year. That's all I care about. It's only going to hit once a year. I'm going to take a lot of losses, but I'll make profit. You know what I do? That's bad. And I build very large money line parlays. So like I will go through and be like, this team isn't going to lose. And this team isn't going to lose. And I'm not worried about covering. I just look at the game and I'm like, this team's not. The- yeah. I'll, I'll like throw eight or nine like in there. Alabama is like a 40-point favorite. Like throw them on there. Minus yeah. 1,000. Minus 1,000 money line. <laughs> I like to do the money line parlay. Because like in your mind, it's like this team can't lose. Yeah. Like the Bengals couldn't lose to the Cowboys last week. Yeah, 100%. A million people probably picked the game. I wish I knew what the odds. I probably know what the cash was because somebody yeah. picked it as their pod pick. Yep. The, the yeah, Jets. I mean, I, Cooper Rush can win a game. I said it. He could win a it. game. I said he can't put up 30, but he can win a game. And he, he takes money from people and he did it. We love a backup quarterback on this pod. So. That's another episode of Betting with Babies. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you follow our fade, we hope you make some cash. We will see you next week. Bye.